Well, good morning. Isn't that awesome. There was so much color in the air yesterday that it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I didn't even get in the mosh pit where the color was, and I was, I had color on the inside. I'll just leave it at that. We, anyway, my truck was covered. I mean, they, they threw everything up, and we were, we were at the cooking station, and everything came towards the cooking station. I was like, cover the burgers, cover the dogs, and it was like, just color. I mean, it was incredible. We had a blast. I mean, it was, it was, it didn't even seem like work. It was so much fun, right? I mean, we just had a good time. People excited, kids excited, parents excited. And I just want to give you a few numbers. There was, there was over, or there was right at 2,300 racers that ra- registered yesterday. Now, you got you to know this before you really know that that's amazing. When they started out and they started this and they had the whole vision for it, they hoped to get 500 racers. 2,300 people signed up to race. That's not counting volunteers. I guarantee there was way over 3,000 people there yesterday. And those of you who are there know that's not an exaggeration, and I'm not evangelistically speaking, right? <laughs> but we had a great time. So Eunice had, a, had its own little thing kind of going on. We really, our heart through this whole thing has really just been to bless Pastor Josh and, and Lindsay directly. That's, that's been our heart. That was my heart. Dale and Connie came up with these, these ideas. They had a passion to do this and do that, to, to raise the money and and so, you know, I, I, I think PHA is a great thing. I'm not knocking that by any means. And we actually gave $2,000 as a church towards the PHA Foundation. Actually, our Savior's Church as a whole, the one church, two campuses, gave $5,000. We were the biggest giver yesterday. Now, what's amazing about that is that you, you, you got to know who was there. There were doctors there. There were medical programs there. There were, there were highfalutin people in the medical world, and they seen a church give to a cure. Come on. We broke through some ground yesterday. Okay. It, and, uh, so anyway, it was, it was great. We had a great time. Uh, we gave 2000 as, as a campus. Um, towards that, Jennings met the rest. But let me let you know exactly what Eunice did. Over this this whole course, when we did the reveal party for Make a Wish Foundation, Dale and Connie came up with the idea of, of cooking some uh, some chicken dinners and selling them right at the front door. I mean, they literally parked. If you went, they parked the barbecue pit at the front door of the church, and you could not walk in without getting hungry. I was like, man, that's genius, because <laughs> it got me. As soon as I got out of the truck, I was like, <sniffs> and my stomach went <laughs> chicken. <laughs> so, so from that event, we raised, uh, it was $1,400 that one afternoon, okay? It's great. So then we, we did this 50-50 raffle. I've never heard of that before. It was Dale's idea. We did this 50-50 raffle where you, you go sell raffle tickets, and, and whatever comes in the pot, you split it with the person that wins 50-50. They get 50, you get, you know, understand. So from that, Pastor Josh and them received $480, which is about, actually 500 something. I think there was another $100 given. And actually, somebody in the Eunice Church won it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's good. You can find out later. Um, I'm trying to protect them from all the loan sharks. And <laughs> now I'm picking. Uh, yesterday alone, we raised $2,900 by selling food. That's, that's just the food from yesterday. And, and it was, the people came up, they were like, how much does it cost to make a donation? We cooked... 1,200 hot dogs and hamburgers. 
We sold every hamburger we had. We had a gazillion hot dogs left over. I don't even want to see a hot dog. Can I get an amen? So then we also had somebody yesterday donate $2,000 towards the whole thing. So as a total, as a church, Eunice Campus has given Pastor Josh and Lindsay directly right at $7,000. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I, that's been my heart. I, I'm like, you know, I love, I love the foundation. I love the work that PHA is doing to try and find a cure. But my concern is Pastor Josh and Lindsay. And then here's the cool thing is that it was my passion. It was my desire to bless them directly. And I didn't share it with too many people. But Connie and Dale came up. God spoke to them about creative ways on how to do that. And then God brought all the people around to help it happen. Isn't God good? It's just a great time. And so there's going to be more opportunities. There's going to be more things coming up. I know they're getting ready to start traveling with Joel. And they've got a lot of things that, that needs to happen now that the race is over with. So just continue to pray for them. Can we do that as a church? Just continue to pray for Listen, I'm, I'm believing for a miracle. Think about this. There was over 3,000 people yesterday witnessing. God's going to do something. Amen. Are you with me? I'm praying for a miracle and nothing less. Because there's over 3,000 people watching that little blonde-headed boy. And God's going to touch him and God's going to do something. Amen? Amen? And it is going to rock this region. Let me tell you something. There's going to be rumors, good rumors, of what God is doing. Amen? Amen? So I'm excited about that. Had a great time. We recuperated last night. I may need to recuperate a little bit more this afternoon. Can I get a witness? <laughs> My kids all had to bathe twice to get the color off of them. So it's a good time. Well, this morning, Joshie, I think you were bathing in that stuff, son. You, as Phil Robertson would say, you need a little turpentine. So this morning I want to talk to you. We got a little two-week gap in our series. We just finished up Fresh Air. How many of you enjoyed that series? Pastor Bubba, I heard, did an incredible job last week. He, uh, he, was, he was bragging and boasting. He said, man, it's, the things are just so great over in Eunice. He was just touched. And I was the same way. I was in Jennings and preaching my guts out in Jennings, sharing my testimony, sharing my testimony, and had a great time. And I was just so blessed because there was a lot of people I didn't know. A lot of people, a lot of new faces. I'm like, ah, man, that's awesome. And Pastor Bo says, man, man, God, I don't know anybody over there hardly. I'm like, man, that's good. It's good. So we had a great time. We, we, we preached and we, we, I shared something. I just, I just want to give you this quickly because I feel like it was a valuable point. I shared this with the church. And I said, you know what? I was talking to the new people in the church. I said, let me tell you something. The good thing about being a part of a church like this, a church like we are, with pastors like we have who are real, is your pastors real? I mean, have you ever heard any pastor say as much, as, their um, as much of their business from the pulpit as we do? No. I've never listened to a pastor share as much as their, um, uh, you know what I'm saying. I can't get the words out. I said that, and that's a great thing because you know that your pastors aren't these high and holy people that are set apart and all these other things. You know they're real human beings, right? And so you can appreciate that. I said, but you got to be careful. Because when you sit in a church with real people like this, it's easy to become judgmental. Right? It's easy to become critical. And when all that starts to happen, then you start dishonoring. 
And so I spoke to him about honor and how you got to guard your heart and you got to be careful because there's times that I slipped into that. The closer I got to Pastor Bubba, the more falls and failures I've seen inside of him, the more of his weaknesses, the more God trusted me to see that, the more temptation to be judgmental, to be critical and to dishonor. And I slipped off into dishonor for a moment. Then I repented and I came back. Are you with me? So you got to be careful. It's great to be in a place like this. It's great to be a part of a church with real people because I don't like fake people. Right? But you got to be careful. So anyway, that was my message last week. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about follow. Say that word. Say follow. follow. Many of you grew up in a church where it was almost like Jesus says, you know, kind of like Simon says. How many of you grew up in a church like that where it was kind of like you all you heard was the do's and don'ts. Of Christianity, right? You got to do this, but you don't do this. You got to do this. Jesus says do this. Jesus says do that, right? You ever been a part of a church like that? I, I grew up in a church like that. It was, it was Jesus says. And there was times I wanted to just check out. There was times I lost on purpose just so I could sit on the side and watch everybody else play. Because I just got tired of playing Jesus says. It wasn't very fun. But then there was other times where I really wanted to be in the game. And so I got back in the game and I started doing what Jesus says and playing the game. And then they started looking around and see other people that wanted to step out. And I became critical and cynical of those people. Like, what's wrong with them? Why they don't want to play Jesus says. So you see the balance. It's either you want to play or you don't want to play. But when you want to play, you end up being critical and cynical. So I grew up in a church like that where it was just, it was Jesus says. You know, I never really heard the word relationship coming up in church. It wasn't a word used in the church that I grew up in. Nobody talked about relationships. As a, as a young boy, the only relationship I was looking forward to was one with a girl. Right? I mean, that, that took my mind. I mean, every little bit of capacity I had was wrapped around, ooh, I got to find me a girlfriend. Come on, man, you know how it was. But nobody talked about relationships. But when I read the Bible, relationships look like this in the Bible. It looks like a father and a child. You hear the Bible talking about fathers and children, right? It looks like a vine and branches. There's a relationship. There's something connecting when you read the Bible, right? I'm the vine. You're the branches. You stay with me. I'll stay with you. We're going to produce good fruit, right? There's a relationship there. It talks about shepherd and sheep, right? Some of you don't like that example. You don't like being called sheep. Some of you don't like being called attack sheep. We've had a few attack sheep in this church. You know what we do with a tax sheep, right? <laughs> we cull them. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you can look it up later. But the Bible talks about relationships. And today I want to talk to you about following Jesus and how following Jesus is more than playing Jesus says. Are you with me? It's not about the do's and don'ts. Because so many people wrap it up in the do's and don'ts. Well, if you do this, Jesus will love you more. And if you don't do this, he'll like you and he'll bless you. That's lies. That's religion. And I'm sorry that you grew up in that. I'm sorry that I had to grow up in that. I didn't know any better. I grew up in that. Then I started preaching that for a while. And I feel ashamed, honestly, that I got caught up in that whole thing of do's and don'ts. Jesus says, Jesus says, nope, Jesus didn't say not to do that. I was good at pointing out your weaknesses and all those things. But it wasn't until I, we moved here 
that I started hearing about relationships. And I actually started having relationships with my spiritual father, Pastor Bubba. Started having a relationship with him. We started getting to know one another. And in that relationship, God began to do something in me. Are you with me? He began to do something in me. Now, did I change whenever I was doing playing Jesus says? Yes, I changed. I quit smoking dope. I quit chasing women. I quit looking at things on TV I wasn't supposed to look at. All those things. I read my Bible, studied the scriptures, prayed, did all those things. But there was no relationship. So go with me to Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 9. Matthew 9, 9. I want to show you in the most simplest way. Jesus's invitation to follow. So what I want you to do is take all the old Jesus says in your mind and push it to the side. Take all the things that you've ever believed about Christianity and church and all that. Just put it to the side this morning. Okay, can we do that? Can you just push that to the side and say, you know what? Let's just look at this thing with a new set of eyes. Matthew 9, 9 to 13. Verse 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Stop. Jesus saw a tax collector sitting at his booth and he approached him and he just simply said this, follow me and be my disciple. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. Tax collectors in those days would have the reputation of a drug dealer today. Seriously. They were employed by the Roman government to go and, c- and collect the taxes for Rome. And the way they got paid is anything they collected, collected above what Rome wanted, you with me? They got to keep. So they were scoundrels. They were literally raping the people financially. And they were rich. Tax collectors were rich. Like a lot of drug dealers, they were rich. You with me? But nobody liked him. You didn't write home and say, hey, mom, I just got a new tax collector's job. Right? When you got the job, your mama probably put a robe over her head head or something. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, God, my son became a tax collector. So Jesus, at this point, had already called a couple of disciples. Remember Peter, James, and John, those guys that were fishing? Remember them? He said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and they went and they followed him. So those guys are now following Jesus. In other words, wherever he goes, they go. So they come, they're walking and they see a tax collector's booth. And all of a sudden Jesus darts off the path and goes to the tax collector's booth. And I bet Peter was going, oh, bro, what's he doing? What's he going over there for? Man, they're good people. And so they follow and they get close to the tax. And Jesus looks at Matthew and says, hey, come follow me. The same call that they received. You see this? (laughs) Which just all of a sudden put Matthew in the same boat that they're in. I bet some of them were going, yo, yo, bro, I didn't sign up for this. I mean, I ain't hanging out with no tax collectors, man. I mean, come on, Jesus, you got to get right. This is what's wrong with you. We don't hang around those folks. Nobody like those people. Right. Some people, some people said that about you when you became a Christian. I'm sure they said it about me. And so his disciples, I can only imagine. I mean, think about that. Just kind of like, what, what's the deal? What's, what's happening with Jesus, man? What's, I didn't sign up to be walking with no tax collectors. This is crazy. 
Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and followed him. Did Jesus say anything other, other to him, anything else to him other than follow me? Did he say, go get your business straight, give all the money back to the folk you've been stealing from, and then come follow me? Did he say that? What did he say? Follow me. I want you to see something in there. Religion and legalism tells you to go and change and then you can follow. Jesus says, follow me and you'll change. Come on. I've seen too many people get run off because church folk say, you got to quit this. You got to play Jesus says, and then you can be a part of our team. When Jesus never said that, that's misrepresentation of Jesus. Because his heart is, is come follow me. And when you follow me, we're going to get to know each other a little bit. And then you're going to change. Are you with me? So that means that I never stop changing, right? The closer I walk with Jesus, the more I change. Right? Say that. I never stop changing. You're going to need that for a little while. Unbelievers and sinners were actually pre-qualified to be followers of Jesus. Did you realize that? That when Peter, James, and John, before Jesus asked them to follow him, they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't all of a sudden give their life to Jesus and say, oh, I surrender all. You know, you're the master. Yes, I'll come follow you. No, they were unbelievers. You know how I know that? Because later on in scriptures, the Bible says that all of a sudden the disciples believed. Whoa, hold up, pastor. What's, what's up with that? I'm glad you're that attentive this morning. They didn't believe right away. Not all of them. Because the Bible clearly says that one day, it just is like the light turned on and they believed. You remember Thomas? Old doubting Thomas? When did he believe? After the resurrection. He walked with Jesus for a while. And he didn't just all of a sudden believe after the resurrection. When did he believe? When Jesus actually showed him the hands, the holes in his hands and his feet. Right? So being an unbeliever, being a sinner, actually qualifies you to be a follower. Isn't that good? Isn't that just simple? Yes? You can speak in this church, by the way. You won't, no, no usher's going to throw you out for speaking unless you talk too much that I might throw you out. He just said, following your change. This amazes me because I go, golly, man, that's, that's kind of new thinking, right? I mean, did you ever think about that? That all the disciples were unbelievers before Jesus said, come follow me. I mean, Peter was constantly being changed. I mean, he, he leaves his boat, his nets, gives up his business, follows after Jesus. And before you know it, a couple months, two, three years later, he's cutting a dude's ear off. That's not how Christians are supposed to act. Right? Right before that, Jesus calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And we get so offended when somebody comes up and says, hey, man, you know, you need to you might want to lay off the anger a little bit. What you talking about? 
Who's angry? I'm not angry. That was my own interpretation of myself. We're constantly changing. Jesus is constantly changing us. And it happens when we get into relationship with him. Come on. So watch what happens next. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Other disreputable sinners. So Jesus goes to a party at Matthew's house with more tax collectors. And disreputable sinners. You see, God puts them all together. You see that? The the tax collectors and the disreputable. Reputable, reputable. I don't know, whatever it is. He invites them to the house. You see, when you're following Jesus, he needs to go home with you. He don't need to just be at church. Somebody should have said amen, because some of you are good at church. But, boy, when you get home, shoot, some of you don't even wait till you get home. There's some days I don't even make out the parking lot. Can I just be real this morning? I'm good when I get to church. Sometimes the biggest miracle in your children's life is when you drive up in the parking lot of the church. It's like a dog fight till you turn the corner and you hit the parking lot. It's like, and your kids are in the back going, did you see that? Man, this church stuff is cool. You just get in a parking lot. We all might need to stay here for a while. So Jesus gets around more tax collectors and more sinners. And I can just imagine the disciples going, oh, no, not his friends, too. Seriously, we got to go to his house. I mean, come on, Jesus, I got a reputation. Some of us let our reputation keep us from being witnesses of Jesus to people that we don't want to witness to. Right? Oh, I can't go hang out with those people. Mm-mm. 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 You see those people coming and go, oh, got to go this way. Right? Because why? Because we want them to change and then they can become part of our team. When Jesus said, get on a team and then you're going to change. Can you imagine the tax collectors and disreputable sinners that were changed this day because Jesus came to a party at Matthew's house? You see, the cool thing about Jesus is is that Jesus was comfortable being around sinners and disreputable people. Which then in turn made them comfortable about being around Jesus. Isn't that the amazing thing about Jesus is that he doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't care who you are right now. He's going to come get next to you and he's comfortable. Are you with me? But we'll get this mindset and this attitude where you need to clean up all your sins so that Jesus can get close to you. Number one, you'll never clean up all your sin on your own. And Jesus is bigger than your sin. He can come sit down at your house and in your party with all your sinful buddies and be comfortable. Right? And in turn, you could go, you know, this Jesus guy is pretty cool. I mean, look at him, man. He's sitting on the floor talking with some folk. I mean, they talking a little smack. I mean, I, you know, I don't believe Jesus was all this super spiritual talking in Bible all the time. Right? 
I believe they talked a little trash. I mean, you can't get men together and not talk trash. We're talking about donkeys, just like we talk about trucks. I mean, you got that old broke down donkey, got one leg missing. And anyway. I think he's mocking you. That's just wrong. That's enough. I just finished reading it. So I bet Jesus was a lot like that. And was around people like that that said stupid things. But he was okay, right? He was okay hanging around Chevy boys. I mean, it didn't matter. You know, so what about my reputation? They need salvation, right? So Jesus is, he's just there and he's hanging out with these people. Thank you, Doug. And they're comfortable. Becky, we're going to talk after church now. (laughs) So watch this. Along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now, the Pharisees were the religious folk. And here's the crazy thing about the Pharisees is they were always shadowing Jesus. If you read the scriptures, you see everywhere Jesus did something, who was there? Oh, well, there were the Pharisees taking their notes. Oh, well, he, he didn't. Mm-mm. He didn't wash his hands. Nope. Oh, they ate that on Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Right? Everywhere he went, he had these stinking Pharisees to deal with. These religious folk. Let me tell you something. You can't get away from religious folk. When somebody who has not been churched gets saved in our church, you know what I do as a shepherd? I try to cover them. Don't get around no religious folk. Whatever you do, please stay holy. Stay pure. Don't listen to Christian music on the radio. It'll warp your mind. It's true. You need to be a pastor for a little while and watch a flock. You let some religious folk get around a new believer, they'll mess him up. Right? Before you know it, he'll be over there playing, Jesus says. You're like, dang. What's funny is, is that Pharisees were there saying, you know, what's, what's this guy doing? They knew there was something different about Jesus. They couldn't deny his power. They couldn't deny his authority that he walked in. They couldn't deny who he was. All they could deny is what he did. And because he didn't do what they did, he got crucified. Right? If you don't fit into people's molds, they crucify you. Right? I mean, let's just throw it out here. If you don't act right, what do people do? Talk behind your back. Everybody talks behind everybody's back. Amen? Amen. Can you believe she wore that at church? I can't. Anyway, not even going to go there. It'd be funny, though. (laughs) Watch this. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? This is what's crazy. They never realized Jesus knows everything. (laughs) They never realized Jesus hears everything. 
right? I mean, they're over there saying, talking all this stuff about Jesus, and he's listening to the conversations while he's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. (laughs) Watch what Jesus says. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And you might look at the Pharisees and go, booyah, take that sucker. But think about the tax collectors. They're going like, hold up. You just called me sick. Right? Think about that. You know, it, was, it was in the face of the Pharisees and we like that. But it, look at the other side of that. It goes, hold up. You know, they were kind of like, hey, you told him. Well, did he just call us sick? Oh, bro. You call me sick? Knowing Jesus, he didn't back down. Right? Jesus probably said, well, yeah, you're sick. I can imagine they probably went something like, I guess you're right, we are sick. I mean, we do steal money from people and, you know, we do all these disreputable things. And, yeah, it's, it's cool. Maybe it happened like that, I don't know. And listen, you don't have to, you don't need a preacher to tell you you're sick, right? You never needed a preacher to tell you you're sick. You never needed anybody to tell you you got sin in your life. You know, we all know. We just live in denial, right? Fake it till you make it, baby. Jesus needed, he didn't need to tell them they were sick. They knew they were missing something in their heart and in their life. They knew there was, there was something dead in their life, right? They were sick and they needed something. That's why Matthew got up from his tax collector's booth and followed Jesus. It's because he realized this man's got something I need. When I look at this man, I see life. And you know what? I want that life. You know, as believers on the planet, people need to look at you as a form of Jesus and say, you know what? I need some of what they got. Come on. I, man, what's, what's up with you, man? I mean, you, I knew you years ago, man. You used to be a depressed, bummed out, medicated man. What, what happened? Man, you got this smile about you. What's going on? Bro, met Jesus and he gave me this invitation to follow him. So I'm just following Jesus. What does that mean? Man, I don't know. I'm, I just started. I'm following Jesus. Does that mean you're going to church all the time? I like going to church now, but I'm following Jesus. But what, what's happening? I, I don't know, man. Something, something inside of me is changing. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean anymore. You know, bro, it's like this. It's like, you know, now when I, when I cuss somebody out, it don't, it don't feel good anymore. And you know what's crazy is I see how bad it hurts them. You see, that's the results of following Jesus. Come on. You don't need somebody to tell you you're sick. You already know. You just need to start following. Come on, somebody. You just need to start following. What do we all need to do? Follow. When Jesus gave an invitation to follow, it never came with an expiration date, by the way. That's for all you who've been Christians for a long time. Right? He never said you get rid of all your bad stuff, the smoking, the drinking, the cussing, and the pornography. Okay, you get rid of those four big ones, you can Cadillac. Just take it easy. It's kind of like when we used to play football, okay? 
you always had, when you became a junior and a senior, you kind of laid back at practice. You didn't have to work as hard. Why? Because you had all these little flunkies you could beat up on. <laughs> but you've been there, done that, right? I've got seniority. You know, the same thing flows into the church world. Just because I'm the pastor don't mean I get to quit following. Doesn't mean I get to quit producing fruit. Doesn't mean I don't ever repent anymore. In fact, it means I repent more. Some days, right? It never came with an expiration date. I'm going to follow Jesus to heaven. Are you with me? I bragged about Miss Mary last week in Jennings. I talked about, I talked about the time. <laughs> I talked about the time I said, I said these simple words. I said, if you ain't dead, you ain't done. And a couple days later, she calls me up. She goes, Pastor, I'm starting a life group. I went, praise God. I said, so my official first life group in Eunice is in the Iota Manor with one of my elderly ladies, my spiritual grandmother. She started our first life group. And they were like, wow. I'm like, yeah, so what are you doing? (laughs) Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added this. He says, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. He was talking to some of the most educational, pe- educated people on the planet. And he's telling them, now go learn this. <laughs> See, Jesus just had this suave way of just putting you down. I mean, it was like, you brood of vipers. And you're kind of like, did you just call me a snake? <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. And then they still follow. I can't get away with that as a pastor. <laughs> you snake. Man, he ain't coming back to church. He going to follow somebody else. He gone. He says, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. In other words, Jesus ain't chasing after no proud people. What the Bible says, he actually pushes back against the proud. The people that think, I got it all together. I'm good. Me and Jesus, we tight. Right? That's my Jesus. I know people say, that's my Jesus. They say it on Sunday, but here comes Monday. Right? And I go, what happened to your Jesus? You left him at church? You better go back and get him. He didn't come for the proud. He came for those that knew they needed him. Are you hearing this this morning? You got to know that you need Jesus and you can't ever get away from him. When you quit following, you start falling. Right? It's funny. You follow Jesus and you want to change things, look bright and sunny coming up. I mean, it might be scary, but you're like, man, there's hope. When I'm following Jesus, there's hope. But then when I stop and take a break, there ain't no hope. And things begin to get cloudy, don't they? And he just goes, what, what you stop? Come on. Just come on. What you, but Jesus, I didn't get to pay my electric bill. Well, I don't mean you quit following. Well, they said something bad about me. Good. Keep following. Me and Ethan will be walking through the yard and I'm trying to give him a few instructions on what to do. And if he don't keep up with me, he don't get to hear the instructions. Right? Because I'm big, but I walk pretty fast when I'm motivated. 
And so I'm going, and he's, I'm like, okay, son, so we need to do this. Need to, you need to get those chickens. And he's like, huh, what, dad, what, huh? I'm like, catch up. Because I'm about to start hollering. Not because I'm mean, just so he can hear. That's how we disguise that. But if you're close, my point is this, is if, if you're close, you hear. I believe Jesus doesn't talk out loud. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk loud because why? Because he wants us to be close. He wants us to lean upon his shoulder and say, hey, what you got today? What can I do for you today? Who are we going to see today, Lord? Come on. I know you set me up. What's, what's going on, Lord? Come on. I know I got business to do. I know I got all my work to do. But, Lord, I know you're going you're gonna to give me a moment at the water cooler. <sighs> Come on. What is it? And if you'll listen, you'll hear. Right? You see, you can follow at different distances. Right. You can be a tag along who's kind of in the back and never really knows what's going on. They just see the reaction of what happens in front of them. Or you can be one that's right on side of him. And man, you're in the action. You're where the action is. Come on. You're where things are happening. You know how you do that? You follow close. You follow close. Why do you follow close? Because you want to. Not because some religious person said you had to. And following Jesus becomes a chore. It should be your passion. It should be the greatest desire you have. Is to follow Jesus more than your success in business, more than anything else you know. Jesus needs to be your number one passion. It's more important than your career. It's more important than your marriage. It's more important than your children. You know why? Because when you stay close to Jesus, your business is good, your marriage is good, and your children are good. Right? I didn't say perfect. Right? I don't want you to get disappointed. <laughs> but Pastor Jamie said they're going to be perfect. No, he didn't. Jesus said, I come to call. I come to call. You see, he's giving an invitation today. Like he does every day. Follow me. Come on, man of God, follow me. Come on, woman of God, follow me. Come on, daughter, follow me. Just come with me. Come on. Just get close. Man, everything's going to be good. Right? Not perfect, but it's going to be good. We're going to go through some hard times, but we're going to go through it together. Right? Not you tagging along back here and you tripping that mud hole and you got to scream for somebody to come pull you out. It's kind of like you got a 911 relationship with Jesus. When it's 911, you want to be close. When it's not, you don't care where you are. I've lived that emergency type life with Jesus. It ain't fun. It's actually quite <laughs> miserable. It's actually quite lonely. Right? But man, he gives us an invitation just to simply follow. No rules attached, no strings attached, no nothing else. Just come follow me and we're going to work this thing out together. Are you with me? We're going to work it out together. Are you perfect? No, you ain't perfect. But am I going to perfect you? Yes, I'm going to perfect you. Right? 
And Jesus tells him, it's not the healthy people I came for. I came for the sick. (laughs) He didn't come for the proud. He came for the humble. He never said, come follow me and one day you can quit. One day you can take a break. Come follow me until you get rid of the major four. Then you can lay back for a while. I want to give you four things to remember. You want to write these down. His invitation has no expiration. You're never supposed to quit following Jesus. Never. Never, ever, never. You're never supposed to quit following him. That's why he gives the promise that the work he started in you, he is faithful to finish in you. You see, he's faithful. We're the ones that aren't faithful. Are you with me? Just because something's breaking down in your life doesn't mean that Jesus ain't faithful. It just means you might not be following as close as you need to follow. Number two, what is the last thing he healed in your life? If he came for the sick and we're all sick. What is the last thing he healed in your life? When's the last time Jesus convicted you of something in your life and you actually repented for it? Whether it was pride or lust or or sinful desires or fleshly desires. What was the last thing? When was the last time? Jesus was able to say to you, hey man, look. You're prideful. Okay? Listen, I want you to follow me. I want you to be with me. I love being next to you. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with your pride, but I just want you to know it needs to go. Man, look, you got more lust for worldly things than you do for me, man. I mean, what, every time I turn around, you're looking at this and you're looking at that and you're trying to do this and you're trying to spend money here. Come on, man. We're, we're on a journey, right? We're, we're going to go to heaven. Let, let's stay focused. Keep following. Don't worry about all those things. Right? When's the last time he healed something in your life? Number three, when you find yourself being critical of others, you've stopped following. Oh, Jesus is right. Because that's a good one. So what's a, what's a good indicator? When I become critical of other people, I'm not following Jesus. Because when I follow Jesus, it's about me and him, and it's not about other people. Are you with me? He's going to talk to me about my issues and my eyes and my focus will be on my issues. And I'm going to walk and I'm going to be next to him because I'm, I'm going to walk next to him. And I'm say, wow, man, he's pretty humble. So I'm not as humble. Right. Wow, man, Jesus is meek. I mean, he's got all this power, but he's just he walks under control. I need to walk under a little more control. Are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. Right. Man, those people spit on him and he didn't even hit nobody. I need to work on that. (laughs) When you find yourself being critical of others, you've stopped following. Number four, if you're not following Jesus, then who are you following? Because we're all going to follow somebody. Right? We're all following somebody. Pretty sure if you're not following Jesus, I know who you're following. You're following you. And you know where you lead you to? Sick. Right? 
Because you, you know this to be an honest statement. When you get away from Jesus, what do you do? You get more of yourself. And then what happens? You get sick of yourself. You get sick again. Right? Get sick of yourself. I know I'm away from Jesus when I start noticing things about myself. And I just go, God, man, won't you just do something about that? You get sick of yourself. Amen? So his call is to follow. It's a very simple call. It has no strings attached to it. Jesus said, you know what? You come follow me. And we're going to walk together. And one day you'll believe. Right? And then another day you'll believe a little bit more. Right? Because we never stop believing more about Jesus. Because our faith continues to grow as we walk with Jesus. Right? The Bible says you grow from faith to faith to faith. From every, every faith encounter to the next one, you're growing. You're going, man, he showed up for that. God! And you start going, I can't believe I acted like a baby. Knucklehead. He's given us an invitation to follow. Are you following? You need to ask yourself that question. Are you following? Because his invitation is true today. Whether you're following him or not, his invitation is still today true. He wants you to follow. So what do you do? Pastor, what does that look like? Man, you just start putting everything else aside. You put your life back in priority. You'll hear me say this, hopefully, to the day I die. The the priority of your life is, number one, your relationship with God or Jesus. Right? Are you taking care of number one? As soon as you wake up in the morning, is number one on your mind? Is he actually physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally the first thing on your mind? Let me tell you something. That doesn't come naturally. Right? Because when you wake up in the morning, what's on your mind? Coffee. (laughs) Bathroom. Right? Make him number one again. It's an easy thing to do. It's simple. You just got to work at it a little bit. You got you to put him back in his place. You got to say, you know what, Lord? I, I, I've slipped. Forgive me for slipping. But help me. Give me your grace. Lord, before I go into this business meeting, before I go to work, before I go jump on this piece of equipment, before I get behind the computer, Lord, I just want you to know, have your way with me today. Lord, do something with me today, Lord. I know you got plans for me. Plans to prosper me. Plans to make me successful, Lord. But I know that you want me to carry your reputation and you want me to be an ambassador for you. So, Lord, help me today. Right? It's, it's not hard. It's really not. It's just putting him back in his place. And you say, you know what? And you just do the same thing the next day. And what do you do? You do the same thing the next day. Well, what happens if I forget? Well, then you get around somebody and says, hey, looks like you're slipping a little bit. You're falling behind. Catch up. There was people, there was a lady in the, in the race yesterday. She must, it must have taken her an hour and a half, two hours to finish the race. And I imagine along the way there was people say, come on, girl, you got this. Come on, girl. Right? Because I know my people. Come on, girl, hang in there. Don't quit. You know, we all need that. 
That's why as a church, we say we want people to grow in a loving relationship with Jesus and others. Because we need others. That's the reason Jesus didn't, didn't call one disciple. And build his church off of just one because he knew that one needed others. Right? So what do you do? You grab some others. You don't need no religious folk. You see somebody religious, don't grab them. That's a tax sheep. They bite. But we get back on track. We catch up. Sometimes Ethan has to run to catch up. You with me? Now, it would be nice if I would just slow down and say, okay, come on, son. I'm sorry, I'm not like that. You better catch up. Right? Can you stand up with me this morning? You want to follow Jesus? I mean, is that your, I, I, I can't help but believe that's your heart's desire. I believe when you open your heart and you examine your life, I believe that your life is crying out. Please just follow. The spirit man inside of you saying, come on, man. Follow. Put him before this and put him before that. Amen. Lift your hands towards heaven this morning. Father, we just love you. We thank you for this word. We thank you that you've given us an invitation to follow. Lord, it's actually more than an invitation. It's a privilege to follow you. It's an honor to follow you. Lord, help us to always see it that way. And Father, we never take it for granted. We never water it down. We never discount it, Lord. We get the chance to follow Jesus. Dear goodness, it doesn't get any better than that. We can follow. It's been given to us the right to follow. Help us to follow, Lord. Give us your grace. We want to be followers, Lord. We want to follow you so that others can follow us. One day we just get to heaven, Lord. And we get to be in the most incredible place there is. When you come back, Jesus, we get to follow you up into heaven. Maybe we get to ascend into the clouds like you did. How cool that would be. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just just fill every desire here this morning. Every person that's here and recognizes that they're sick. That we're empty. We're sick without you, Jesus. Just fill every desire, Lord. Come close and give us your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.